can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Good day, everybody. Welcome to Testing Thursdays with Wayne. Hopefully, everybody had a fantastic week. I know I did. A um, little hurricane that came um, off the coast of the U.S. just gave us a little bit of rain. That That's all a little bit of wind. No damages, thank goodness. Not like it did further south of us, but uh, we, we dodged that bullet, I guess. Um, today, what we're going to talk about... Uh, I've, I've kind of touched base on before, but I think it's kind of important uh, right now. Um, and that's uh, how to tell if a reagent has gone bad. Now, I'm not talking about shelf life. I'm not talking about what's printed on a label. But I'm talking about, you know, how can you visually tell if a reagent has gone bad? And... Um, let me preface this by saying most reliable test kit manufacturers uh, will print out on the label of a liquid reagent. I'm going to talk mostly about liquids, but I will touch base on test strips later on. Um, we'll, we'll print out on their label when, when it was made uh, via a, a lot code of some kind or some kind of series of numbers and letters that tell the manufacturer of the product when it was created and then some kind of expiration date on it. Um, now, generally speaking, generally speaking, most liquid reagents are good for two years if stored properly. And what I mean by stored properly is, is common sense kind of thing. So, you know, out of direct sunlight and a relatively ambient room, um, uh, air temperature, um, don't keep them outside, um, know keep the caps on tight you know common sense kind of things and i know some people don't have a whole lot of common sense and most people do but some don't so they think everything is is gonna you know be perfect all the time and it's not gonna happen so um again applying common sense uh one can can tell by simply looking at the label if it's expired now the 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 issue behind that is that not all reagents, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Some reagents are good for a lot longer than two years, a lot of them, okay? Um, now, uh, mostly they're acids, uh, and those, these would be things like the, the uh, if you're doing a drop test for total alkalinity, it's the titrant. Uh, if you're doing an, an acid demand test, things like that. Uh, anything that, that is acid that is going to be good pretty much forever as long as you don't contaminate it. And how do you contaminate an acid? By touching it to something it shouldn't be touched. The tip of the, of the reagent bottle or, or eyedropper, whatever it is you're using. But uh, acids are generally good forever. Um, powders and crystals are also have a very extensive 
shelf life as long as you don't get them wet. Uh, you leave them uncapped in very humid conditions, but but they're pretty pretty um, pretty intense and pretty strong. They will last a long time. Um, all of the other ones uh, that are say blends of, of organic dyes and things like that do have a shelf life, and shelf life is is um, is probably the number one reason. Um, that um, reagents go bad because shelf life is really storage conditions, like I said earlier. So let's go through the common reagents that you might have in your in your test kit. Um, but before I do that, I want to talk about test strips. Um, test strips also have a shelf life, believe it or not. And generally speaking, they're also about two years. Um, they, um, some of them might be a little bit more hardy than others, but generally speaking, two years. Well, Mr. Wayne, how can you tell if a, the test strip has gone bad? Well, uh, that's kind of difficult to, to a point. Uh, you have to look at the strip itself. If the color on the pad, the pads um, look funky, look wonky, uh, don't seem to be right, um, that means that they probably have, or have been exposed to air for too long of a time. Uh particularly those test strips that test for DPD because the, 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 the reagent that's soaked in the pad um, is an oxidizer and, and, and will react with air, heat, and light uh, over time. But if you're not sure about a test strip, you know, um, then use a little common sense and maybe get a, another one, uh, another bottle uh, that has a different um, uh, expiration date to it. So, let me go back to liquid reagents that I think most of you do use. So regardless of the manufacturer, okay, let, let's talk about these reagents. So let's start right off the bat. Um, DPD reagents. Uh, there are three reagents involved in, in, in DPD testing because you're testing for free chlorine and total chlorine. Uh, we have reagents. Uh, um, the first reagent is a clear reagent. Um, that's a buffer. Uh, that reagent should still be clear. Uh, if it's gone yellow or has a yellow tint to it, uh, it's no good. It's no longer good. has to be clear. Uh, the second bottle is in a brown container, brown bottle. There's a reason for that because uh, DPD number two is also an oxidizer. In fact, any reagent from any test kit manufacturer, any liquid reagent from any test kit manufacturer that is in a brown bottle is a natural oxidizer. And what that's telling you, the consumer, is that this particular reagent has a shorter shelf life than all the other reagents, all the other liquid reagents. Uh, shorter to the point of it could be um, six months, it could be a year instead of a couple years. Now, normally the reagent, as it comes out of the brown bottle, is clear. If it comes out of the brown bottle, uh, reddish, pink, pink, red, uh, then it's not good any longer. It's been oxidized out, which means it's been exposed to air, heat, and light, which means that you didn't cap cap the bottle back on. Uh, make sure you put the cap back on when you're done with it. Um, so, you know, if, if, if it's clear, it's good. If it's not clear, it's not good. The third reagent is also clear. Um, again, if it turns yellow um, or yellowish, uh, it's no good. Okay, so... All three DPD reagents initially should be clear, okay? The one that's usually the, the culprit in, in a bad D, 
DPD test is um, number two, the, one, the reagent that's in a brown bottle. Again, regardless of test kit manufacturer, this is standard chemistry, okay? Because you have to protect the, the reagent um, that's in a brown bottle from uh, exposure to air, heat, and light as best you can. So let's go on to another form of testing, OTO, uh, which, again, only tests for total chlorine, does not break down um, the reading like DPD does into free chlorine uh, and total chlorine and combined chlorine. But orthotolidine, um, again, is a clear reagent. And just like the, the other DPD reagents, should be just that clear. Um, I have seen from some manufacturers uh, orthotolidine that has a very, very slight yellow tint to it. Um, don't be concerned about that. It has to be a pretty intense yellow, like a banana yellow kind of color in order for it to be really, really, really bad. Um, so, um, uh, you know, look for that heavy discoloration. Um, let's move on now to, to um, pH testing. And as we all know, uh, we're going to be using phenol red. Phenol red is, a, is an indicator um, that reacts with um, um, the, the, the pH that's in a sample of water and will turn um, uh, at the low end yellowish colors uh, and at the upper end red, red, purplish colors. Now, with, with DPD number four, um, excuse me, uh, DPD number four, back up, Wayne, with phenol red, um, normally it comes out of the bottle a, uh, a blood reddish kind of color. Um, and, th and that's fine. That's good. That's what, that's what you want. Um, sometimes it might be a little bit brighter than brighter red than, than blood red, but as, as long as it's red, that's the good thing. If for some reason um, you see, um, if you look at the bottle of a phenol red indicator, the liquid one, uh, and it looks like it's separating into layers of color, like a layer of green, a layer of, a layer of yellow or some other color, that means the dye is breaking down. Uh, and, um, the reagent's no longer viable, no longer good, regardless of how fresh it may or may not be. And what that usually means, too, is that the reagent has been exposed to um, pretty intense um, changes in temperature, particularly frozen. Now, I know we're, you know, it's fall now and and we're coming up to, to winterizing and, and taking care of pools over the over the um, over the winter season. Uh, for those that don't have uh, 24 seven uh, uh, pool, pool uh, season, um, that means that it was stored improperly. Um, but again, if you see discolorations in, in the, in the, in the bottle itself, by looking at the side, don't use that reagent. It's, it's no longer good. Uh, and in fact, that holds true from most of the other reagents that are indicator solutions, things like uh, the indicator solution for total alkalinity. Uh, also for calcium hardness. Um, again, they're, they're composed of a variety of different organic dyes that when these uh, uh, reagents are exposed to extreme in temperature will break down and will discolor and you'll see layers of color. Again, it, if you see, see this happening, uh, no, no good, no good. Um, get rid of them, uh, get a replacement, uh, get ones that look the way they should look. The total alkalinity indicator is green, uh, pretty green grass green color. 
and the um, one for calcium hardness testing is dark, dark, dark blue. Um, but if any of these three indicator solutions start breaking down in color in the bottle, um, then you know it's, it's no good. Um, the, num- the reagent, let's move on to um, alkalinity testing. Um, total alkalinity testing, um, like depending upon who you buy your test from, is either a two-bottle or a three-bottle test. The one I'm more familiar with is the standard three-bottle test where you're adding thiosulfate first, then an indicator, and then you're doing a titration with a with a weak form of sulfuric acid uh, because alkalinity testing is what's known as acid-based titration. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're doing an acid and a titration test and drop test. Thiosulfate and uh, sulfuric acid, like I mentioned earlier, but thiosulfate now, we add onto that list, uh, both clear products. If they come out, of, if they look, if they look discolored, if they look yellowish, if they come out of the thing cloudy, um, then you know that, that something's wrong. Time, time to get rid of it. Uh, sulfuric acid won't be affected too terribly much, but it's the thiosulfate that that will be weakened um, if you if you um, have a bad reagent. Um, now for calcium hardness testing, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me go. Let me take three steps back. For those of you who do a two bottle uh, total alkalinity test. Usually that first bottle is both the indicator and the and the um, neutralizer, the, the halogen neutralizer in the bottle. Again, discoloration. Um, normally it's a green color. If it comes out or, or looks like it's separating in color uh, in the bottle itself, uh, again, get rid of it. It's no longer good. Um, now, uh, jumping back to calcium hardness, it's a three-bottle test, um, a buffer, an indicator, and a titrant. So the, the buffer um, uh, is a clear reagent. Again, so we know what to do if the clear reagent is no longer clear. Uh, you, you get a new bottle. Uh, the number 11 is an indicator. We already talked about that. The number 12 is also a clear reagent. Again, starts turning yellow or some, or, or, or just any, any color, really, uh, other than completely clear. Um, then it's time to change that reagent. Um, those of you who do cyanuric acid testing, um, if you're doing the, the standard turbidimetric test, um, that particular reagent is also clear. So again, as with any clear reagent, if it starts to become cloudy or discolored, then it's not good anymore. But again, you should be checking the, the shelf life uh, expiration dates just to make sure you don't have something that's too terribly old. Now, some of the other tests you might be you might be familiar with. Let, let's talk about uh, testing for salt. Um, salt testing is is um, pretty simple. You're using two bottles um, to do a drop test. Uh, the first bottle is uh, what's called chromate indicator. Uh, chromate indicator, um, it looks yellow in the bottle, which is what it's supposed to be. Um, and the second reagent is um, um, silver nitrate which is in a brown bottle. And what did Mr. Wayne say about brown, about brown bottles earlier? Well, they're natural oxidizers, and you need to be very, very aware of how they're stored because it will react bad. Uh, the silver nitrate will, will turn um, red, red-brown, rusty color uh, when it starts going bad, like DPD number two. Um, and uh, the chromate indicator is a pretty hardy indicator, so it takes a lot, really, to, 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 
to hurt it. <laughs> um, but again, any kind of discoloration other than what it should normally be, um, you, you time to change it. Um, oh, and then while I'm thinking about it, something just surfaced to the top of my my brain is that if you're not sure what a reagent's true color should be, look at the SDS sheet. It says it clearly right on there, color of reagent or, or words to, to that effect, and it will tell you what it should be. And if it's something other than what it should be, then you know something's wrong. So let's let's jump back into to testing. So we, we've covered uh, the basic tests in, in, in a test kit, in a liquid test kit. We've talked about salt testing. We've talked about test strips. Oh, here's another one, phosphate testing. Phosphate reagents are generally clear. Again, and, and as with any clear reagent, what do we do? We look to see if there's any kind of color development in the bottles. If it's clear, it's it's good. It's good to go. Not a problem. If it looks funky, if it looks cloudy, uh, then more than likely um, the reagent has gone bad or or is on its way to, to becoming bad. Um, let's see. Metal testing. For those of you who do tests for iron or copper or both, um, you've got primarily you have clear reagents that are reacting with the metal. So again, uh, check to make sure that there's no discoloration, nothing floating inside, things of that nature. <coughs> Excuse me. Pretty, pretty hardy. Now, for those of you who do, um, <coughs> excuse me, electronic testing, you're using a portable colorimeter or some kind of probe. Now, obviously, you're not dealing with uh, any reagents or any test strips or anything like that. Um, what, what, what do you do? Well, with with any kind of electronic testing device, um, Mr. Wayne tells you and wags a finger at you to make sure that the probes are clean and are calibrated on a regular basis. Um, and what do you mean by clean? Well, there's no debris settling on the probe itself that could cause um, uh, wrong answers to develop. This is particularly true for uh, online probes like um, uh, ORP probes, pH probes, things like that. Uh, you got to clean them. You got to calibrate them on a regular basis. Um, for those of you who do drop tests for chlorine, this is for the people like me who can't really match pinks or reds to save their life. Um, it's th the same concept as here. You're, you're dealing with um, an indicator powder in this case, um, which again looks normally uh, white or slightly off-white in the container. Uh, if it if it looks like there's little black or brown uh, or purple dots in the powder, or it's gone gray, grayish purple, or the powder has turned to the consistency of wet sand, or both, or all of the above, then the indicator is, is no longer good. Get rid of it. Um, so that when you um, get a new bottle, you'll be able to see dramatically see the difference. Um, the, this particular uh, dry indicator um, is really has a tendency to be very, very sensitive to poor conditions, storage conditions, and, and whatnot, because it, it's a powder. And like any powder, once it starts hitting air and humidity and things of that nature, it can cause some, some problems, some big-time problems. So make sure that it should be white or ever so slightly off-white, and you're good to go. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that we're dealing with? We talked about test strips. We talked about liquid reagents. Um, we talked about electronic testing. Um, for those of you who have labs, 
um, at your, at, at say a retail store. Um, you have customers come in and do your testing. Same thing holds true. Uh, even though it might be inside, uh, air, heat, and light can affect those reagents. There's nothing more that pisses me off as when I would go into uh, retail locations and uh, particularly in Florida for some reason, Florida and Texas for, for some reason, and I would go up to um, uh, up to their lab, and and every every lid, every cap is off of every reagent bottle, just sitting there reacting to the air, the heat, and the light. Uh, you think you're going to get a decent answer? Hell no, uh, no way, no way, shape or form. You gotta gotta follow the instructions, people. I you know I know I you know beat it over your head sometimes, but you know they're there for a reason. You got to follow the instructions. You got to listen to us. We really do know what we're doing and we know what we're talking about. And that's not just me, but everybody else on the Talking Pools podcast team. We actually do know what we're talking about. And because we've lived with real live, you know, real world situations, um, we know what to expect. We know how things react. We know if I do this, this will happen. If I don't do this, that will happen kind of deal. So we do know kind of what we're talking about. Um, next podcast I'm going to do next time, I'm going to be talking or touching base on winterizing, uh, uh, your pool. And this is not just, you know, the, the equipment issue, because obviously, you know, the, the other, the other, um, team members know a little bit more about that than I do, but I'm going to be talking about the chemical end of things when we talk about winterizing, because... Fall, we just turned fall a couple days ago, so yay, it's, it's getting, it's, you know, it's progressing. Might even actually see snow this year for a change. Uh, that would be, that would be fun. Ha ha ha. So, that's all I have for today, everybody. Um, please be careful out there. Um, if you have any questions that you would like me to address, or any topics that you think um, might be of interest to our listeners, uh, please um, drop these in an email and send it to talkingpools at gmail.com and it will be forwarded to the appropriate person. If your email or suggestion is selected, uh, you might receive a nice little what the flock hat uh, from us. So, you know, if you want one of those treasured um, hats, you know, that only a few people have, um, um, Think about a question you can ask for us that that is is worthy of uh, talking about to everybody else that's listening. So um, put your thinking caps on, your what the flock hats on if you have one, and um, send us some ideas. Send us some questions. We're we're here to help you. Uh, we're here to to make sure that you do your job correctly and you do it right the first time, um, and uh, provide good service to your customers. That all being said, everyone, have a fantastic week. Uh, Please be safe out there, like I said earlier, and take care. Bye. 
just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 